Coming up now, please stay tuned for an election special with Mendocino County Registrar of Voters Katrina Bartlemy and Pat Dunbar of the League of Women Voters. I'm your host, Alicia Bales. So today we're going to do just a, an overview of the upcoming primary election. We do have a primary election uh, coming up on June 7th, um, and we're going to talk about issues with voting and how to vote in this election, what's going to be on the ballot, uh, starting with Katrina Bartlemy our Mendocino County Registrar of Voters. And then we're going to talk with Pat Dunbar of the League of Women Voters, who um, she's a board member with the League, and they are a nonpartisan group that works to inform voters. So it seems like uh, a very important and timely topic as we are facing um, our, it's called the um, primary election. It's tends to be these um, first elections of the year in June uh, tend to be less well um, attended or people don't vote in quite as large numbers as they do for the general election in the fall. So we're going to give you a, an overview about what's on the ballot and why it's important that you vote in this election. So we're going to start with my interview with Katrina Bartlemy. I talked with her last week about the upcoming primary election. Hi, I'm Katrina Bartlemy, the Assessor, County Clerk, Recorder, Registrar of Voters. So, um, quickly approaching is June 7th, and that's Election Day. Your ballots will go out in the mail by May 9th, which is, they should already be, hopefully, arriving soon. Um, the sample ballots went out about a week and a half ago. You should be getting those. We got notification from the state of California that the voter information guide went out about a week ago. So those should be arriving, and that's the newsprint. Um, those should be arriving any day in mailboxes as well. So um, on the ballot this year, first of all, we have a large ballot. We actually have two cards. So there's four pages, front and back, and then the second page, front and back. And this is a, this is a primary election, right? So why is it so big this time? Well, it's a statewide gubernatorial primary. So the governor candidates, I think we have like 26 or 28 without counting them. Um, then lieutenant gover governor, we have several. We have several for secretary of state. We have several for controller. We have several for treasurer. We have several for attorney general and insurance commissioner and um, the state board of equalization. Um, we also this year have, um, so United States Senator terms are for six years. So when um, Kamala Harris um, became vice president, her seat became vacant. So that was going to be a, a short term or a partial term, the way the Secretary of State is, is dubbing at this time. Um, for, and that will be for, for um, until the current... Um, term ending January 2023, and the other one January 2029. So our normal U.S. Senator will um, is on the ballot, and then we have the partial term. Right now, in the, that is filling um, Kamala Harris's was Alex Padilla. He was appointed um, right after she took office. Alex Padilla was our Secretary of State. 
and then they um, appointed Dr. Shirley Weber as our Secretary of State. So, okay, so Padilla is running for the remainder of the current term, and then he's running for the next term against all of the challengers? He's, he's running for two seats. Got it. Which is very confusing. <laughs> I'm confused. Thank you for walking me through that. But right now what we're in is primaries, yes. right? So it's each party choosing their candidate, and whoever gets the most votes the will... The top two. The top two will go on to um, the, the general the election. election. Yes. And that is what date? November 8th, I think, 2022. Yep, November 8th. Okay, great. So we're still in the primary election in June. We got as far as the state Senate primary with this interesting little um, feature. Yeah, <laughs> like these, these two seats for Senate that are up, the remainder of the appointed term that Kamala Harris vacated, and then the regular term that, that gets voted on every six years. Okay, so what else are we looking at? So we're also looking at the um, United States House of Representatives, our congressional person for the second district, our state senate for the second district, our assembly for the second district, and um, that's, that's the statewide. And then we have our local, um, we have a superior court judge. Um, if they, if if a superior court judge has never been on the ballot, they have to be on the ballot. And then if no one runs against them, they don't have to go on to the November. And they don't actually, in future years, have to appear on a ballot if they're the only person that that um, files for that position. Oh, how interesting. And how many are on the ballot this time for, for judge? Just one, Victoria Shanahan. And is she currently... A judge. She was appointed um, by the governor, so she's never been on a ballot. So prior to that, we had two other um, seats, judge uh, judicial seats, and um, but they had both been on a ballot before, so they don't even appear. No one ran against them. Right. You mean people aren't running up here knocking down the door to run for judge in Mendocino County? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So then we have the superintendent of public instruction, um, Tony Thurmond, holds that seat now. Um, that's then, another statewide seat. That's another statewide seat. And then we have our county superintendent of schools. There's um, there's a, two people running for that. Then we have supervisor of the 5th district, two people running. We have my position, um, assessor, clerk recorder. I'm running unopposed. The new combined offices of the auditor controller slash treasurer tax collector, um, that one is unopposed. The district attorney is unopposed. The sheriff coroner is unopposed. And then we have Measure M, the Anderson Valley Unified School District bond measure. So, And only people from Anderson Valley can vote on that? Only people within the Anderson Valley Unified School District can vote on that. Got it, which is a special district. Yes, it's a it's a it's a school district. So mm -hmm. yeah, so people will just get if their ballot has that on it. It's because they live within that district, and those of us who don't live within that district will get ballots and that that don't have that. Correct. How many people are in that district? Do you know? I know throwing you throwing you the hard questions. I can find out. Sixteen hundred and fifty six active voters as of today. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Okay, so so this is a meaningful. Um, ballot measure too. Yes. I mean, I guess they all are if it makes it to the ballot. A um, couple questions. So we, it's a, it's a statewide primary and, uh, but locally we have a couple of supervisor races that will be decided 
in June, right? These are not primaries. Well, they'll, the reason they'll be decided is there's only two people. So we can only assume, right, and we all know what that word means, but we can only assume that one of them will get at least 50% plus one vote. So simple majority. Okay, and that's 50% of all the votes cast, not of all the potential voters. Correct, of the votes cast. All right, so that'll have to be. One of them will have to get that, right? I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, stranger things have happened, right? <laughs> what, what, would, what would be an example? May, what if they both get 50%? Ah, they exactly tie. Okay, and then they'd have to go for a runoff in, in the fall. That has almost happened here. I remember um, an election from the early 90s where uh, Liz Henry was running for supervisor and she won by one vote. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. So that means that every vote does count. Every vote counts. And with because this is such a large ballot, please remember to return both those cards. Um, it really helps us with our statistics. Our, it really messes up our statistics if you only return one. You know, even if you don't want to vote on one whole thing, return them both. I mean, because that's okay too. But it's really important. I mean, your vote will still count. Whatever, whatever you vote on will count. You can vote one race and have those four pages or the two pages front and back. Um, then you know, that's the only thing that will be counted. Right. So if you leave everything blank but one race that you really care about, that's fine. You can just vote for one race. If you leave everything else empty, it's still a good ballot. It, it, leaving it empty is a form of voting, right? Yep. Yep. That's right. All right. Let me ask you about, we're going to get into, like, how to cast your ballot. That's really important because things have been shifting around because of COVID. Uh, but I want to just ask you a couple more questions about the ballot itself. Okay. Uh, almost every county... Uh, department head that's up for election is running on a post. Yeah. What does that mean? Is there any way that if you're like your position, for instance, is it just uh, you're just going to win? <laughs> like, how does that work? Yes. Um, and it's not uncommon, you know, for incumbents not to be challenged. There is a write in period between um, between the 57th day and the 14th day. So the 57th day prior to election is, 11, is April 11th to the 15th day is May 23rd. So people can, um, are, are very encouraged to, if they want, to come in and do write-in campaigns. Now, to be a write-in, you still have to fill out all the paperwork. You know, Mickey Mouse can't win, you know, sheriff, because... Mickey Mouse isn't a qualified write-in. If Mickey Mouse came in and met all the requirements and filled out the paperwork, he could be a write-in. So that's, I think, something people don't know. Yes. Write-in feels like you could just write in anybody. Right. And, and that person, if they got enough write-in names on the write-in line, then they could win. But that is not how it works. You still have to be registered as a candidate. Yep. And we have to stamp every write-in vote that's not a qualified write-in to show that we saw it. We don't have to log it down, but we have to, to stamp it and initial it that we saw it. What is that like? Do you get a lot of write-in candidates in each election? Yes. You do? Yes, and it's a pain. Oh, no. <laughs> are, they, uh, are they real or are they like Mickey Mouse? How, how are they? The majority of them are like Mickey Mouse. Sometimes, you know, um, we'll see 
you know, people's names down. And, um, you know, they, maybe they write themselves in, maybe they write their neighbor in. Those are just stamp not qualified and initialed. Uh-huh. So it's not a waste. It's a comment, but... It's a comment. But I, does anybody really see it? I mean, a couple of folks in your office? That's it. Okay. Well, it might feel good. Yeah. Maybe like an individual expression or something. Yeah. In November, our special districts are coming up. And we would love to have more participation in that. So over there, we have Anderson Valley School District. We have um, the Anderson Valley Community Services District. Um, there's, and I think that encompasses the fire and everything else. But throughout the county, there's, there's um, community service districts, fire districts, water districts, special like Russian River Flood Control over here, Ukiah Valley Sanitation, you know, all of those. And they're all begging for people to step up and help them. So that's a, that's a great start. And this is the time to start thinking about that, right? It is. The filing period for the November election is July 18th through August 12th. So, you know, think about it. We'll be putting legal notices in the papers and, and, um, probably in late June, we'll have a candidate's packet ready that people can pick up. But I mean, that's a perfect way. A school district or the college district, you know. So as we're doing all of these candidates forums and debates and things, if people are watching and they're thinking, God, I could totally do this better than them. They actually can. They actually can. They <laughs> actually can. A whole bunch of local races coming up. Okay, so we have a, a big ballot. Uh, it's a primary ballot. It's June 7th that people are casting their ballots. But um, here in Mendocino County, we have all sorts of ways to make it easier for people. So let's, let's talk about how to vote in this election. Okay. The number one thing is when you vote your ballot and you put it in your return envelope, that's the one that has your name on it, um, from, and then on the other side, it comes to us. That's postage paid. Um, so you have to sign that. There's a security flap on the, on the back, and you sign underneath that security flap. If you forget to sign it, or if your signature doesn't match, and yes, we still look at every single signature and check it. So if you get a letter or, um, a phone call, if we're lucky enough to have your phone number or your email address, um, then we will contact you and say, we need this. We'll send you a copy of the back of your envelope showing that you either it didn't match or you didn't sign it. And we ask that you send it back by election day so we can go ahead and count that ballot. Great. Okay. So that's first thing is that we, it's a mail-in ballot. It, so everybody will receive, everybody will receive their ballots in the mail. And then if you want to mail it back in, just make sure that it is signed and that that security flap is down. And if there's any problem with it, you'll get in touch with people. Correct. All right. So what about if people don't want to mail it in? Are there other options? We have drop boxes. I love our drop boxes. With the last big election, we had over half of our ballots returned with the drop boxes. So you need to know that USPS is not involved with that at all. So, you know, 
I wish we could find a different way for people to get the, their ballots, but right now that's the only way the law allows us to do it. So um, with these drop boxes, you put it in the drop box. Most of our drop boxes are at city halls. City clerks are also considered election officials, so they can legally handle the ballots. So we don't have to deputize anyone. They deputize their own people, and two of them will go out to the drop box and empty it, take it back inside. They count them. They have a form they have to fill out, and they put it, we supply them with an interior ballot box that they keep in um, a secure location, and um, every couple days we come and we pick them up. Unless they have a run on them, then we'll go every day. Mm -hmm. And the ballot box, the, the drop boxes are completely secure, right? They're locked. They're locked in the 24-7 surveillance, and um, yeah, they're, they're very secure. So we have them at the City Hall in Ukiah, our admin center at Ukiah that most people know where that is on Low Gap. Then we have one at the City of Willits, the City of Fort Bragg, the City of Point Arena, and we have a ballot drop box at the Boonville Fairgrounds office. So that's open. We didn't do it in September because I just didn't have the heart to give them one more thing to do during the fair. So um, we have that open Monday through Friday from 9 to 4. And the staff there at the fairgrounds, Gina and Jim, have been so gracious helping us do this. Is that the only drop box in, the, in Anderson Valley? It is. Um, okay, so there are mail, in, mail it back to the county or through the mail or Dropbox, and then any other ways to cast your vote? You can bring it right into our office, or you can wait until Election Day and take it to the polling place. Okay, so we have uh, three ways to cast your vote. And then any other things that come up for people? Well, we also have a machine. Um, so each polling place will have our ADA machine, and it's a ballot marking device. So you'll go in um, and... Or if for some reason we've run out of ballots, which has happened, you know, they can go into that machine and they can choose that way. It prints out, you double check it, and then you cast it. So there's always a paper ballot. There's always a paper ballot. Right. Okay. Um, anything else? That's, has anything changed since COVID that people should be aware of? Well, um, we do have the PPE at the polling places. We still have the same polling places. Um, there was time uh, where we could go to a vote center. Sonoma County just went to a vote center to where they have um, a vote center per 10,000 voters. Uh, we have a hard time getting poll workers for one day. And when this first started and we started thinking about this, we polled all of our normal poll workers to see if they would like to work in a vote center. With vote centers right now, they have to be open for 11 days prior to election day. So we don't have the workforce that Sonoma County does. So, you know, I've been not wanting to do that because I think for us right now, now in two years that might change, but for right now, that's not what we're about. So I chose to go with the traditional polling places because that's what our people are used to. That's what our, our poll workers are used to. And so if you've procrastinated filling out your ballot and mailing it or going to the drop box, you can do all of that. You can actually you can even mail it on Election Day, right? You can go to the polling place, you can mail it or you can drop it in the drop box. All three of those. Right. And if you mail it, be sure to have it um, postmarked. 
Okay. Just because then we have to receive it within seven days. But if it's postmarked the next day, it's considered late. So the best way is to put it in a drop box or take it to to the polling place, and they will will take it from you. Okay. So um, yeah, or if you just really want to hear every single candidate's form that happens right up until the minute, you can you can do it all on election day. Yes. One more thing I want to make sure to alert people to is um, provisional ballots and what happens if you know what your deadlines are for registering to vote. Okay. The registering for a actual ballot to be sent to you in the mail is May 23rd. That's the deadline. We do have now what's called conditional voter registration, and you can register on election day. So if you've moved or if you've procrastinated, and then on election day you remember, oh yeah, I didn't do that, you can go to a polling place or you can come here to the Ukiah office, and we will give you um, an envelope similar to a provisional ballot. We'll have you complete a voter registration card, and as long as you haven't already voted in another county, then we can count your ballot. And it's, they're processed um, a little bit, they're processed after election day, and um, unless we get them ahead of time, because between the May 23rd and um, June 7th, you can come in and register and we'll give you those. And if that's the case, we'll process it as soon as we can, because it's the first ballot counted that's the legal ballot. Oh, okay. So they can't like run over to Calusa and register over there too. Right. You, this one will be counted. This that one, will one will. Be. You know, the whole thing is to get people to vote. And our whole thing in our office is we want to count every vote we can within the law. So, you know, we do everything we can to vote, to count your vote. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were ahead of the game in sending out letters to people who their signatures didn't match or didn't sign. That became law really just a few years ago. And we've been doing it as long as I can remember. So they always get a letter. They always, we always try to contact them. Mm -hmm. So, and if we have your phone number or email, we can make it you know, unlisted, so it's never shared with the political parties, but that just makes it easier for us to get a hold of you in case we have a question. Provisional ballots, we were going to talk about. Yeah. People um, are have a misconception that provisional ballots aren't counted. Provisional ballots are, we wait until we've processed all the polls and that we've processed all of the um, vote-by-mail ballots or absentee. Vote-by-mail, absentee, mail-in, they're all the same. So um, we process all them and then we go to the provisionals and we look at every single one of them. We bring them up in the computer. Sometimes, you know, we know that, um, that if people vote twice, maybe they voted right after they got their ballot. And then with all of the chaos of election day, they forget. And so they go and they cast a provisional ballot. You know, we understand that. Luckily, knock on wood, I think we have turned, in all the years that I've been doing this since 2004, I think we've turned in three people for voting twice that we could not legitimately say that they forgot. Oh, wow. So three people in all of Mendocino County in 18 years yep. for voting twice. What's the penalty for that? We turn it over to the district attorney. Uh -huh. I don't know. Right. What and they, then he investigates. Voting twice it. is a felony, it says on the... So whether... Uh -huh. I, 
I have never heard the outcome of any of those, but we've only turned like three people over. Amazing. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have pretty honest people. You know, with our ballots being out, mailed out on May 9th, if you don't have your ballot by um, May 23rd, call us. And we will cancel that ballot, and we will reissue you another one. So, you know, we want it to be everything we can be. If you're going to be out of town and you haven't gotten your ballot, call us. Come and see us. We will cancel that original ballot. We'll give you a ballot. You can vote it right then and there, or you can take it home and and drop it in the mailbox or in the drop box. We'll do whatever's easiest for you. What's the best way to get in touch with you? 707 234 6819. Okay, that's the Registrar Voters Office here. Yes. And, and people here are all knowledgeable and they can help you. If they can't, they transfer you to me. Okay. Great. If you didn't get your voter information guide on our website, we have we have four ballot styles this time. Um, and each one of the sample ballots is, a, is on our website. And there's a link to the statewide voter information guide on our website as well. All right, so they can come to your website, and that's at mendocinocounty.org. slash. It's, it's assessor, clerk, recorder, elections, and then you click on elections and election and candidate information. Which is also where you go to see the results of the election after election night, right? Correct. Well, thank you so much. Your expertise is so helpful. Oh, you're I really welcome. appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime. Um, and we're here. We're um, we're here Monday through Friday from eight to five. We answer our phones. We're one of the only departments in the county that does that. And um, if by some reason you get a voicemail, it's because we're shorthanded, just like everybody else. Um, our front door. Um, is still locked as soon as we get more people. And that's just because we just can't have, pe you know, 100 people in here at one time. And we have a doorbell, though. You ring the doorbell once. There's a sign, ring it once, and we'll come and help you. And um, But, yeah, you don't need an appointment. If you're getting married or you need a, a, a marriage license, we ask for an appointment just so we can kind of schedule our day. But we won't turn anybody away. And that's how it's going to be on Election Day as well. You can ring the doorbell and, and I get I think in. Election Day will have the door open. Okay. Because it's easier that way. All right. Well, thanks a lot. That was okay. fun. You're welcome. This is Alicia Bales. I am now live in the Ukiah studio. That was my interview with Katrina Bartlemay, who is our Mendocino County Registrar of Voters. This hour from 3 to 4 is a special discussion about the upcoming primary election on June 7th. My next guest is Pat Dunbar. She's a board member of the Mendocino County chapter of the League of Women Voters, and she manages the Mendocino County voter information on the League's voter resources website, Voters Edge. She's a especially focused and interested in voter access in California and across the country. Hey, Pat, thank you so much for joining me today. Oop, you're still on mute. Sorry. <laughs> there. There you are. Hey yeah. there. Okay. Welcome. Welcome to KZYX. Right. So thanks so much for having me. Um, I would like to start by talking about, um, well, any comments about Katrina, the, the stuff that Katrina was, was saying about how to vote and what this ballot looks like this, this election. Well, I, first of all, I would like to say it was lots of very good information from Katrina. No surprise. We are very fortunate to have her and her team. We have very well run elections in this county. Um, 
I will just mention one thing that um, has started to happen the last several elections, at least for me. I receive emails and text messages when uh, the ballots have been sent out and also when my ballot has been received. So there's uh, you get a confirmation that that they've got your vote and it's been counted or will be counted on election day. That so, can really put your mind at ease, can it? I know they have a feature on their website too at mendocinocounty.org in the election section that will will you can also go in and, and they'll confirm that the, that your ballot has been received. So that yeah, that that's very nice to know if you're worried if you send it off and, and you're not sure if they've received it or not. Well let's talk about the League of Women Voters. Um I don't know if people understand what the league is and what kind of work you do here in the county? Well, League of Women Voters began at the same time that women received finally the right to vote in this country. And there were a number of women who were concerned that new voters would not, these new voters wouldn't be knowledgeable. And so the League was formed to make sure that women initially, and now everyone, can be an informed voter. Do you ever endorse candidates around these issues or absolutely never? No, no, never, never candidates, just the issues. And um, I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, primary elections tend to be less well attended or people participate less. Is it just as important to participate in the primaries? And if so, why? It is important to participate in every election because Every time there is an election, there is something important on the ballot. And, for example, this is going to determine two supervisors for our county for the next however many years their terms are up. And so it's very important that those people, that that we have participation. So you get the supervisor that you want. Um, Measure M, which is... um, in Anderson Valley, that's a school bond there. So people there, you should participate. Do you want to have the money for the school improvements or not? Do you want to pay the taxes that would be required, et cetera? If you don't participate, you don't get a say. And that's true for every election. And it's really unfortunate that we don't have better participation in general in this country. Um, In Mendocino County, we usually have pretty good uh, percentage turnout. But I think on around elections here, I often remember pictures from South Africa when they first allowed all the citizens there to vote. And I can remember aerial photographs of people standing in line for hours or days to be able to vote because they hadn't been able to vote and we should it's such a privilege to be able to vote and it's also a responsibility and so i think that people here should take it more seriously and vote another thing that the league does to encourage this is um We've had a program for several years of um, engaging with the uh, civics teachers in the high schools throughout the county to give all the high school seniors a packet of information. 
so that it's got a voter registration card. It's possible in this state to pre-register, I think, when you're 16 so that you're ready to be able to vote when you turn 18. Um, we work with the teachers so that we, you know, voter registration is covered and people will understand because what we want to encourage is this becomes a habit. So exactly. as soon as my, you become eligible to vote, you vote. My son turned 18 in February and he got a birthday card and a voter registration card from his mom. All right. <laughs> and he just received his ballot in the mail. So I'm super excited about his, his being able to, to vote for the first time. Um, another thing that you in particular told me that you're interested in is voter access. So when you're talking about the privilege of voting and uh, people in South Africa finally achieving the ability to vote, and lining up queuing for days on end um, in the United States there w- not all voter access is equal in every state so do you want to talk a little bit about California and our our situation with voter access and how that compares to access nationwide well um, I think we're again very fortunate in California that that um, the approach from our government seems to be, to encourage people to vote and they want to make things as simple and easy as possible for everybody to be able to vote. Um, We have in the last few years, we've had expanded access to vote by mail. Um, Some states, uh, Washington, I think Oregon, Colorado have had only vote by mail for a number of years. And those states have seen an increase in their voter participation. Um, Other places are trying to make it more difficult to vote by mail. And unfortunately, it seems that when that is done, the people who are most affected tend to be elderly, younger people, people of color, people of limited economic means. And this is is, um, people that already have problems of other kinds in their lives are also finding that it's harder to vote. And that's because a lot of us can't take a day off of work uh, to stand in line. Precisely. Yeah. Being able to mail and, it just makes it incredibly convenient. And also, I talked with Katrina yeah. a couple of times about the security with the mail-ins, and they track every ballot. So it doesn't sound like the, in California, in Mendocino County at least, that there's any security issues with that. But it sounds like that's the excuse being made across the country in some states to limit that access. It's true. And one of the things that I find a little puzzling is the a number of places are limiting the number of drop boxes and it seems to me that those are more secure than the mail because fewer hands touch the balance they you know it's I don't wish to say anything against the post office they do a great job with the mail-in ballots and so forth but those go through multiple locations and you know different people that have access to or handle the ballots 
and not say that anything goes wrong there. It's just, that's just the truth. And when you have drop boxes, the only other people that touch the ballots other than the person dropping, you know, the voter putting the ballot in the drop box are election officials. So it's puzzling to me that those would not, would seem to not be safe or secure. But that seems to be the, uh, uh, the opinion and what has been done in, in several states. All right. Uh, This is Alicia Bales. This is a live special election program. This is one of KZYX's election programs over the course of this primary election. Uh, My guest is Pat Dunbar. She's a board member of the Mendocino County chapter of the League of Women Voters. And we're just talking about this election, voting in general, uh, what to look for this this time around and why to participate. And um, one of the things that always comes up in these primary elections, like I said, is that they tend to have a lot less voter participation. But another aspect of our um, electoral system uh, that is sort of underutilized is all of these special districts that uh, you always it's it, it, those will be coming up in the fall in November. But there's always all of these special districts that maybe you've never even heard of or the only time you've ever heard of this is when you look at your ballot on uh, on during the fall election, the general and so the League of Women Voters is actually very interested in these special districts. And you did a survey to see what the situation is and why people aren't maybe stepping up to run for these positions. Well, we did do a, a, a survey or study of special districts throughout the county. And there are numerous ones in addition to, uh, I think of a few that uh, that Katrina didn't mention, there are cemetery districts and um, water districts that are to do with the subdivisions and so forth. There are any number of them, fire districts and so forth. And most of them have problems finding anybody to be on their board, never mind enough people to run <laughs> that there needs to be an election. So um, that's something to uh, to think about is, you know, would you be interested in serving on something like that and think about running? Because um, there's actually going to be a, um, a program in Fort Bragg in a few weeks, that's a couple weeks. They're going to talk about, it's specifically about the city council there, but it's it applies for any public office, is to learn what's involved in that job and encourage people to run and uh, step up. So we have people and, you know, that so voters have a choice instead of having people appointed. Right, so, right, right. We're always talking about, you know, grousing about what's going on with our government, but, but then there are all these open seats and all of these different small districts that really make a difference. Uh, can you talk about what it means to have these s- seats on these on these districts and in the city councils empty? And who can run? <laughs> well, you know, many of them are residency based. So I think, of course, you can't run for the city council of Fort Bragg or city council of Willits or any city unless you live within the city limits. Um, but there's not too much else other than that. A few age requirements. I think you probably have to be 20 or one or something like that. I, I'm not 
quite sure about that, but there are not too many other requirements other than that you need to to reside within the limits of whatever thing it is that you're running for. And um, uh, that's it. And it, it's pretty much everybody that starts off there learning on the job because how else do you, you know, there's right. not. How, who knows how to be on the sewer district? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I wonder so. what keeps people. Why do we have this chronic, uh, these chronic empty seats? What keeps people from running for these special districts? I'm, I'm assuming part of it is that people just don't know about them. They don't understand what they do. That's, I, I would suppose that some of it. And, you know, people are, it's difficult to uh, decide that you're going to make that kind of change in your life. I mean, you're like carving out a, a night a week or a night a month of your life and that's what you're going to do or afternoon or whatever and so um people that are busy find that hard to do but if you want to have um a say in how things run in your in your community then that's part of part of it and so i think we should all consider being on some kind of board like that at some point (laughs) At least for the, I mean, for the experience of it, I suppose, seeing how the sausage gets made. I mean, in a lot of these districts are where real decisions do get made about things that will affect, especially I'm thinking about water districts. Um, You know, when we're looking at, when people are concerned about our upcoming, you know, or our current situation with climate change, feels like, you know, the sort of utility and water and sewage parts of these boards are really important to how our cities and neighborhoods can can deal with the the big changes that we're experiencing and, and bound to experience more of. Yes, that's that's true for sure. And some of them are um, like sewer districts. That's like making sure that the sewer system is properly run and maintained and um, that there is are sufficient reserves to make repairs or upgrades or whatever needs to be done. The same with water systems and so forth. And if you don't have people, if you don't have a board that is supposed to oversee that, then it's easy for things to fall into disrepair and it's much um, more expensive to fix things that are broken than it is to keep things in good repair to start with. So, um, well, it, it's, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. So food for thought for especially people who are interested in starting their political careers. Um, and, and I know we all probably, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you have maybe imposter syndrome and you think, Oh, I could never do that. But, no, you really could. Anybody can do it. And it means a lot that you're just willing to step forward. Um, so, But that's for the November election. Now we're talking about the June election. I'm talking with Pat Dunbar of the Mendocino chapter of the League of Women Voters. Let's talk about the League's work on this election, what resources you have for voters and, and sort of your goals and aims for, for the June 7th election. Well, as always, our goal is to have informed voters and as many people vote as possible. So you mentioned um, briefly, I think a little earlier, our um, online resource for voters called Voters Edge. And anyone can go to Voters Edge and pop in your zip code or your address, and it will 
give you your ballot and show you the the vote the all the races that you are eligible to vote for in the June election. And there will also be online information from all the candidates that we have been able to persuade to um, post their information. So that's my job for the Mendocino County portion is to um, contact all of the candidates and invite them to post their own information. They can put up um, all kinds of their campaign priorities, a photograph, a link to their website. Uh, so it's Facebook kind of a one-stop shop. Like yeah, so you yes, can take your ballot exactly. and go to Voters Edge and just check out. You're not going to tell people who to vote for, but you're going to give people as much information about all of the candidates as you can. Exactly. And for things like Measure M, you can see all of the um, the full text, uh, uh, financial analysis, people who who opposed it if uh, or supported it, um, things, uh, all of that kind of information. Great. And do you have any other uh, kind of live events, candidate forums coming up in the coming weeks? Um, there is one, I think it's Saturday in Willits, and that is um, going to be at the City Hall. Or, uh, I think that I, one's I at forget. the Grange, yeah, the little Yes, Grange. at the Grange. And they are having... Um, the the third district supervisor uh, candidates also um, I think they're having uh, Sheriff Kendall even though he's unopposed he will be there and available to answer questions and I'm not sure there's I think there's a couple of other ones I'm not sure um, but yes I, we are helping with uh, organizing that and um, I, I presume that, that that's um, that's listed on Voters Edge as well, the candidates yes. forums. Okay. And you also yeah. just want to make sure people know, we just have a minute or so left here, but I just want to make sure people know about your ongoing work. You have a an online e-newsletter that you send out for people. How can people get in touch with you if they want to continue to hear from you or find out more about what you do? On the website, there is um, a way that you can sign up to give us your email address and then you'll get our um, our uh, newsletter, which comes out approximately once a month. I really appreciate your newsletter a lot. It really it is very informative, very clear. So I'm so grateful that, that you guys are, are doing that work. It's a real service for voters in Mendocino County. Thank you. We are very proud of our newsletter. We have an excellent team of volunteers who put it together and uh, they do a great job. I agree. Um, so, Pat Dunbar, thank you so much. Pat Dunbar is a board member with the Mendocino County Chapter of the League of Women Voters. I appreciate you taking the time on this Thursday afternoon to talk with folks about the upcoming election. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for doing the program. And uh, everybody vote. Everybody vote. Thanks. <laughs> um, I also want to mention that KZYX will be airing a couple of candidates' forums. Actually, they're forums slash debates Monday nights and the next two Monday nights will be uh, coming up this Monday night on the 16th uh, from 630 to 8 o'clock. We'll have the 5th District Supervisor Candidates and the following Monday, the 23rd from 630 to 8 o'clock, we will have the 3rd District Candidates. And the idea with that is to also uh, open the lines for questions directly from listeners. So definitely tune in there. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and I hope that you stay engaged. 
engaged and check out your ballot, which should be arriving in the mail right about now. And this is Alicia Bales live from the Ukiah studio. Thanks again for listening. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.